Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. And we are live. Hey guys, this is Ruben Dua from Dub's podcast, Connection Loop. Today I have with me Craig Clickner. We're going to get into the topic of the side hustle. So important. So many of us start in the side hustle. It's the five to nine or maybe the five to midnight, depending yep. on depending yep. on your life and the amount of responsibilities that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, Craig, if you could get, uh, get us a short bio and let's get into the topic. Yeah, sure. Uh, so my background, I studied finance, uh, but I actually ended up working in uh, commercial banking for about 10, 15 years but realized uh, pretty early on, I didn't want to work for someone else. Um, and I think the challenge was like, what do I do? And I, you know, there's that like, Hey, you've got to be passionate, quit your job, go all in. Um, but as a banker working for GE with the great corporate career, I like, wasn't really, I didn't really have that risk tolerance. So it's like, what can I really do? And, and the side hustle was absolutely the right fit for me. Um, so my wife and I were able to start um, our initial side hustle, driving online revenue, uh, to a few million dollars. And she stepped away from corporate America in her mid twenties. Um, I followed suit a few years ago. I wasn't quite in my mid twenties, but, uh, a little younger than traditional. And then, uh, that's really opened up our life to chase more of our passions and the things that we really love, like spending time with our kids and nonprofit, you know, we just launched our own podcast, tandem talks and, uh, actually writing a book that's coming out with McGraw Hill, uh, here in June, uh, literally titled, uh, so you want to start a side hustle. Um, but really how to do so in a meaningful way, Versus just a way that's like, oh, make a little extra cash. Because I think there's a lot of people poking side hustles with sticks, but then not really having like a clear plan and like a clear uh, layout to do so substantially. Because what's the point if it doesn't make a positive impact on your life, right? Um, so with my background in banking and risk analyst and all that, and then my wife's background in education, um, we've been able to merge and, and now we own several businesses and, and do everything 50-50. So it's been... Uh, the side hustle has fortuned us really a, a dream life in a lot of ways. So we feel really blessed. Well, you you did a, you took a couple of chances, which I really appreciate. Um, totally can relate in so many ways. Uh, <laughs> um, so number one is that you know you you went from a cush corporate job into yep. into the realm of the unknown. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the realm of the unknown is I have an idea. I want to start mm-hmm. a business. Yep. And I'm going to go do that. How much money do I have in my bank account? How, what is my mm-hmm. runway? What are my responsibilities? Yep. What, how, how good could this go and how bad could this go? And then, and then of course, the, the pivoting process to truly determine what that business is going to be. Because mm-hmm. quite often, it's not our first idea. It's our 15th idea. Totally. So, so, uh, so that was the first bit. And then the second bit was you know, doing a business with a spouse, you know, that mm-hmm. has a different set of realities, yes. different set of you know, <laughs> pros and cons, you know, there's integration benefits, uh-huh. but there's also challenges. Um, so I'd love to learn about how you were able to, to kind of navigate both of those realms concurrently. Concurrently. Wow. Um, I don't know that I always executed perfectly. I mean, I feel like the will to win in entrepreneurship is more important than any particular tactic, right? Um, but ultimately for me, I didn't make that leap. So we had the side hustles, we slowly built the revenue up. So for me, it wasn't about like, I'm going to take this big plunge. It was like the just next logical step. Cause I was already making more from my side hustle than I was for my job. Um, now most people don't wait that long. Most people are more entrepreneurial, but I think that most of us are moderate entrepreneurs. 
or I would say like ambiverts of entrepreneurship, right? Like we're not like in your case, I think you might be as looking at your background ribbon, you might be a little bit more like, dude, let's cut the cord and like jump in and like <laughs> go for this. And if I got to live in mom's basement, like fine, I wasn't that way. And I think most people, a lot of people are like me where like, I want to do something, but I don't know what. So I did take a more moderate approach. It worked out really well, but it took longer. Right. Yeah. Um, in terms of ideas, um, so this is a little bit of a fundamental shift. A lot of people, they say, okay, I'm an entrepreneur. I want to be an entrepreneur. So let me focus on the what we take a different approach. And this is what we position as a paradigm shift to focus more on the who, right? Mm -hmm. So who's already created the type of success you want in life and then dial into them. Cause when you meet them and you get access to actual entrepreneurs who've built real businesses, then all of a sudden, uh, they can help you so much more and they can pave the way so much better than you trying to just figure it out on your own when you've never built a company and you didn't grow up in an entrepreneurial pedigree, right? Like if you're Bill Gates's kid, like, okay, you've got some advantages, right? But well, it's, up, it's not, ahead. it's not, it's not just the, the, the financial resources. It's also the, the acceptance, yeah. you know, you yeah. are an entrepreneur, you will be sleeping on this sofa and, and yes. that's what you do. That's what you yes. do because you got to own your own hot dog stand. You, you don't want to go the other route. So yeah. Appreciate yeah. And, and I didn't even mean um, finances, although that's obviously helpful, but I meant mindset because yes. when you like grow up in that culture, it's like, Oh, of course you're starting a business, right? Yes. Like, Oh yeah, no. Yeah. Go build a business. Awesome. But that wasn't my pedigree. Right. And so um, I had to kind of shift out of that. And so getting access to people who'd authentically done it is critical. And if you're trying to be a solopreneur and a side hustle, and unless you're really talented, like the Elon Musk and stuff of the world, you're probably going to need some support in a community. And so we focused more on the who, and when we found people who had already lived how we wanted to live, mm. then we just followed them through the wormhole versus me trying to go blaze trail. And one other thing I'll say is you mentioned ideas. And I think what a lot of people mess up is you don't need an original idea and you don't need to be passionate about your business. There has never been a bigger lie that's been told on planet earth. You can be, it's helpful, it's awesome, but you don't need to be. As a former commercial banker, I've seen a lot of people buy a franchise, start uh, other random uh, businesses. There's direct sales, affiliate marketing, drop shipping. Those are all great ways to step into the game of entrepreneurship. And your first business does not have to be your last, mm -hmm. right? So it's not like the first business has to complete you as a human being. It's like, dude, just go get your hands dirty, do something maybe a little lower risk, get in the game, get some entrepreneurs, and then you can always scale into other things. Um, and that's what we were able to do. So we use more proven formulas. We followed the who initially. So there was much more of a blaze trail, but it also, I think, increases probability of success. And when I define success, I define it as actually having capacity to own your time versus just like make money, right? Because a lot of people can make money as an entrepreneur, but as a banker, why are some people divorced, out of shape and unhappy, but they may have a big company and other people are living these super fantastic lives, like flying in the pink helicopters and like, you know, really enjoying life and making a difference. It's because of like how they integrated entrepreneurship into their life versus not. And so I can tee off on the thing with that uh, building with the spouse as well, but um, do you want me to pause there or any Please. thoughts or comments on that? That's okay. the more, that's the more dramatic one. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Okay. So um, man, I, I, I don't even know where to start with that in, in like a short clip that's helpful for people. But the biggest thing that I can tell you if any business partnership is learn how to embrace the other person's strengths and weaknesses and embrace yours and then just have clearly defined roles. Um, I think for Carrie and I, 
um, because we now own several businesses and we own everything 50 50. <laughs> um, it's been a really cool journey because I wanted to be with my spouse. That's why I married her. Or she married me, I should say, right? Um, and so for the, a lot of people, the more success you create, the less time you have, right? So you start a podcast or whatever, and then it's like, boom, she has more success and then boom. And so if we could build something together, it's like, that's a real marriage, right? In, in so many ways. And so um, it's hard. It's not always easy. We've had to learn how to segment out personal time for the relationship. Because as you know, entrepreneurship can bleed into everything that you are and do. Um, but, um, that number one, carving out that time. And then number, number the, the prior is having clearly defined roles, right? So you're not tripping over what the other person is going to do or not do. Um, and that's with any business partnership, quite frankly. Um, well, I, I mean, I really, I really appreciate how you laid that out because I think, I think one of the, the common things that I've noticed in just generally in business partners mm -hmm. is that a lot of people get stuck into this mentality of why are you not more like me you know where what you present is truly understanding roles and yes. talents and affinities yes. that we might have you know mm -hmm. one person might be really good at analytics and finance and numbers where another person might be really good at product or creativity or understanding how to communicate with people both of those are absolutely essential one party should not expect the other person to become an expert in the other in the other set um what you present is really uh, a symbiosis, you know, yeah. and I think, I think that's key. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and it's, it's fun, but you know, sometimes we've helped other couples, you know, start businesses. We've helped a, a few that way. And there's like all this conflict at the beginning and it's like, that's good. Like you're actually having real conversations about how to build something together. So don't let that initial conflict be like, oh, we can't work together. And I think that's what a lot of people will say is like, oh my gosh, you own companies with your spouse. Like, that must be hard. And it's like, well, it's, it, there's moments, but in general, it's awesome. I mean, that's why, that's why we got married to begin with. Right. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, the other, the other challenges that I'd love to hear you talk about is number one, it's this idea of, you know, I can't do a, a side. There's the, I can't. So I'm going to yeah. just give you a couple of, I can'ts, and then <laughs> maybe, maybe you could objection handle these. So <laughs> I, I can't have my day job. Yeah do a good job at that, not get yep. fired. Okay. Yep. But then have enough time afterwards, you know, mm -hmm. to have maybe not a balanced lifestyle, but just something that's right. sustainable yes. to, sustainable. to work in the, in the out, in the hours afterwards, because yep. I have my responsibilities and I have, yes. you know, spouse and kids and, and so on and so forth. So there's, there's, there's that thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing, just to compound the question is, you know, this idea of, if I don't go all in, am I going to be successful in either one of those or will I fail at both? Yes. Well, let me, let me take on the first question. Actually, let me do the second question first. Um, the answer is absolutely. You can be successful at both. Um, people who think you've got to go all in on anything have been lying to themselves their entire life. Cause you can't go all in on college. Cause you probably also had friends and maybe had a part-time job and did things other than college or, you know, entrepreneurs still have a life of some kind, right? So you have to be operate in reality versus these like mythical concepts and like irrational extremes. Now the question is, can I succeed in both? Well, it's important when you start, and this is a big issue for side hustlers, especially define what success win is, right? Because we talk about a lot of, there's a, there's a, uh, there's a pandemic of people starting side hustles, but few people finishing them. And the reason they're not finishing is because they never even like knew what their, their clear goal was, right? 
So if you know what your goal actually is, and then you take a couple steps back, now you can say, okay, that's reasonable. I might need to take a longer time because I need to keep my job, but it's reasonable. In terms of the first question, here's what is really helpful. You don't have to be a superstar in your job anymore, right? You just need to do a good job. And a lot of people get sucked into that corporate culture. And I mean, maybe you've been in this way where you've had coworkers and stuff. You feel like they're your best friends. You're very part of the company. One little thing happens. You have a different job at a different company or they do, and you barely talk to that person, yeah. right? I mean, I worked for big banks and we would always say like, oh my gosh, I mean, this is crazy. And if I'm not here, this is like, the company will be fine. General Electric's good just fine whether Craig was there or not, right? <laughs> like, I don't have to over like dramatize. So it's like they the deal with a business is they can let you go whenever they want and you can leave whenever you want. So I wanted to do a good job there, but I wanted to learn how to be effective. And our book specifically talks about this because there is so little content on how to be successful in a career and succeed in a side hustle. Like there's very little content on it. And so a couple of the big key tips that I can give you is number one, find a job where you can do it. If you're, if you're working 80 hours a week in your job, get a different one, like, like level up, skill up, switch, market yourself. Number two, um, learn how to leave the job at five o'clock or four 30. Right. And when you're at the job, slay it. Don't waste your time at the water coolers. Don't spend time complaining. You know, your opportunity cost on your time is higher because for me, I wanted to become a multimillionaire and like doing my job for like 80 grand a year or whatever it was like it was only going to make me so much money. So like, I wanted to like get in there, do what I needed to do and use that as seed and a platform to fund my side hustles and go big. Um, so those would be a couple of the recommendations I have a thousand percent. You can do it, but you don't need to be a superstar at your job. Don't get sucked into the culture that like, Oh, I'm not at the top anymore. It's like, no, be in the top 40% or 60, whatever that, that, that like echelon is that you feel good about do a good work, like give them an honest effort for honest pay. Right. But then in the evenings and weekends, just go slay it. And absolutely, especially if you're single or, or pre-kids, like, oh my gosh, what else do you have to do? What are you going to do? Play video games? I mean, like, why don't build a company that's way more adventurous? Like watch sports. Once I started building side hustles, I no longer was energized by watching other people play because I wanted to play, right? <laughs> I love that, man. That that makes total sense to me. Um, okay, so there's there's a couple of things that come to mind here. The, the first, <laughs> yeah. the the first thing is this idea of setting the expectation with an employer. I think that's really important because mm. there are some people that that go through the cycles and that might work until eight p.m. at night. Yep, and you know they might spend more time uh, communicating, conversing, you know, virtual water cooler type stuff. Exactly. And there might be the other folks that might say, you know what, I, I have to go at 5 p.m. because of other obligations, but I'm going to give it all until then. Exactly. And I think that setting that expectation is really important. The other thing that I, I have always found a little bit frustrated about and with is that I believe I'm one of those types of people that believe that every single person of a, of a certain you know, caliber or or kind of where they are in a in a hierarchy should have some sort of an assistant, right? Yeah. This could be a Beautiful. virtual assistant. It could be a part time situation. Beautiful. It could be yeah. grouped. You know, one of my one of my challenges was always this idea of you know, hey boss, is it okay if I get a virtual assistant and then that person can help me with some of the the paperwork, the the 
bureaucracy, you know, some of the, the data it's, filling. I mean, we shouldn't be paying you to do $50 an hour, $100 or $40 an hour. Absolutely. Exactly. And, and that was always something that I was frustrated with because that's, that becomes a culture thing, right? Yep. Well, we, we don't endorse that. We don't support that. That's not what we do at this company. And, and I think that that's changing in a lot of ways. And I think that mm -hmm. that whole ecosystem is opening up on a massive level. But that's always been one of the things where I I know I can be more productive if I have a helping hand to help me with some things. And sometimes it's not just doing the work for me. It's mm -hmm. having it's having someone that I can bounce ideas off and mm -hmm. even, you know, practice a presentation with. So, you know, am I suggesting that, that executives or folks that have a day job go secretly get a virtual assistant to help them? Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Or am I? <laughs> Especially commercial banking can get in trouble potentially, but the, there's, there's other ways. Is is your point? Like think creatively and open minded about how to let. Yeah. So you you know you you might end up dying on a hill where you try to get that virtual assistant because it's there's just too many logistical and bureaucracy issues why that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. But it's just it's a mindset thing. You know maybe you do find a job where that's endorsed and that's promoted. Maybe you're hired as a consultant. Yes. Or hired with that someone that has the right and the ability to to subcontract or to hire people on your team as yep. opposed to being a W two. But of course, you know there's there's security issues with that as well. So it's yep. always always finding that balance. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and working from home now. I mean, that could mm -hmm. be a standard that you maintain. And and yeah. you you said like, hey, I'm done at five. Like set boundaries. Yeah. But then also like get your boss on your side. Like my thing is always like big tip that I give people is figure out what your boss's goals are and then make sure that your boss is happy. Because if your boss is happy and the clients are happy, like, do you really need to sit there and twiddle your thumbs just to, you know, I mean, that's so 20th century, right? Mm -hmm. So like if you're, especially if you're working from, if your boss is happy and your clients are happy, like you should be in pretty good shape. I mean, maybe you've got that one counterpart you need to take care of or that one administrative staff that you want to make sure you don't ruffle their feathers. But figure out what your boss's, go boss's goals are and always perform. So like if he says project is X, like make project X happen, and then they'll give you that freedom, right? Because you kind of earn it. And it's, it's a good way to actually segue into entrepreneurship. Cause if you can't own your job role, I mean, how are you going to own a company? Right? So. Correct. And I would, I would present to you the question of the ultimate side hustlers paradox, which is do I, <laughs> Do I communicate? Do I share? Do I go public with the fact that I'm working on a side hustle? Okay. Do I tell the boss? Does my team know about this? Okay. That's the first bit. And then the second part of that question is by not being a public persona, if I choose to, to keep it as clandestine operation until a certain revenue point yep. or point or investor point, totally. Do you know, can I be successful as a as a hidden identity and hidden you know mm -hmm. entity is there a website with my name on it does my linkedin have it when i have sales calls and they go to my linkedin page do they see yeah. that i work at, at xyz company compounded question again but that's the paradox Love to yeah you're giving, me some, you're giving me some uh stacked questions i like it yeah so yeah first off uh you do you can tell your employer or you don't have to tell your employer um, number one, they'll understand the dynamics of your job. If you're doing something where you have a non-compete, like don't mess with that, get a different job or go become a contractor, become a consultant. So I never messed anything up where I was like lying or cheating or doing something I couldn't. Right. So that that's one thing. 
Um, I kept everything on the down low uh, because in commercial banking, it was, you know, that was just, the, that was just the game. Um, and I could succeed without creating a huge personal persona. You have to assess if that's critical or not critical. And then you just have to assess the risk. If you do, if someone does find out and then they're upset. So it's a little bit more about customization to your particular situation versus I can't really broadband say you should do this or not. Right. Um, what you can do, a couple of things to think about is uh, you can enroll a, a friend or a spouse or let your boss know you're helping someone with the company, right? Um, or, hey, I'm, I'm going to be helping out so-and-so. Is that an issue, right? Um, that's one thing that I've seen people do. You have to be careful with your own integrity and your own level of like disclosure that you feel comfortable or not comfortable with. Um, but the couple of things I would say is either choose a different side hustle if you have to be public and your boss doesn't want you to. There's plenty of side hustle options, right? Or choose a different job, right? What you don't want to do is, you know, lie, cheat or steal or, you know, break a non-compete and then get sued or, or even for your own moral ethical issues is like breach something. So don't be so close-minded. I must do X or I must do Y. Give yourself a little flexibility and you'll, you'll figure it out. Um, most bosses, I find if you're doing a great job in your role, as long as you're not doing something, you're moonlighting on the evenings and weekends, that's going to conflict with that or steal clients in that specific industry. Most bosses don't really care that much. Um, I had a boss just say, yeah, it's fine. Just don't tell me about it anymore. <laughs> right. So he was like fine with it. He just wanted to look the other way and not have me make a big scene about it. So, um, I think there's a lot of different options and some gray areas to play in. The main thing is to keep performing in your job and they'll want to keep you there. Yeah, that's key. Um, Mortgaging the house. <laughs> Talk to me about that. When do we take big, big risks? Really good question. My my employment would be as a former risk analyst uh, for one of the top companies <laughs> in the world is uh, not to do that until <laughs> you've established some baseline revenue, right? You've actually got like a feel for what you're going to be doing. And you um, are in cahoots with other people who have already succeeded in that environment. They could be just someone who's a mentor or an advisor, or they could be someone who's involved. I'm a big proponent of giving away micro ownership in a company to get smart people who are wealthy involved in your firm, right? Like, and I, I've done that a little bit where like, great, give me 0.1% or give me 1% and like, I'll be involved and I'll help you and I'll try to like, whatever, right? So those people you need to talk to before you mortgage your house, um, or you need to have a good enough revenue where you really feel like, Hey, this is the right thing to do. Or you need to be on the extreme end of entrepreneurship, which isn't most side hustlers, right? Most side hustlers are kind of somewhere in that middle ground where they're like, man, I can't, I, you know, so I guess that's, that's what I would say to that. Um, again, that's a tough question because I would want to know someone's particular situation, we never borrowed any money to build any of our businesses. Um, a lot of times you don't need to. You can sell equity uh, or you can uh, get certain bank loans without mortgaging your house or you can just get a HELOC and be smart. Um, I tell people to think incrementally investing versus like all in or all out, which we talked about already a little bit, right? Like that's, it's kind of a losing thought process sometimes, right? I mean, I went to invest into a winery company not that long ago and it was like, his 401k, her 401k, they're in their fifties. And it's like, I'm looking at the projections and I'm going, you're not even adjusting your projections. Cause now you're going to use wholesalers and your margins are going to go down. I'm like, and now I asked them, they didn't even know the answer. And it's like, dude, 
man, you just leverage your entire life savings. You don't even know how to operate a financial statement. Like this is not, this is not well, right? So you can just get yourself in a world of hurt without like running it off someone like me or like you or somebody who's, who's seasoned and can kind of like help advise. Yeah. You know, I, it's amazing how, and, and, and every couple of years that goes by, people say, start to say this and it is more and more true. And what, what, what that is, is that it, there's never been a better time to have a side hustle. Gosh, so true. <laughs> so true. People were saying that a year ago. People were saying yeah. that five years ago. But it's it's really it's never been the best time to yeah. have a side hustle. Why? Number one, we can be virtual. Number two is that it's so cost effective to start a business. Yes. You can get Beautiful. free free software. You can hire people inexpensively. You can get the tools, the resources, the raw materials very inexpensively, you know, mm -hmm. um, affiliate, drop shipping, consulting services. You know, the other thing is that starting revenue from day one, I think is one of the most important things. And I love how you kind of mentioned that earlier, you know, just because a business is going to be in the product or the tech space doesn't mean that you can't start as a consulting company where you're yeah. generating revenue from, from day one. Yes. How can we as side hustlers generate revenue from day one? Okay. Well, let's, let's use a uh, restaurant owner as an example, because I know a few people who are passionate about the culinary arts, they want to start a restaurant, right? So it's like, okay, let me get the hundred grand or the 50 grand. Okay. There are so many spaces between that <laughs> and not doing anything. Okay. So let's, let's give a couple examples. Number one, you could uh, work for another uh, well-known chef, right? You could do uh, in-house catering and just create revenue right off the top. Um, you could do, uh, you could be an understudy for a, for a well-known chef. You could start a food cart way less expensive, right? You could lemonade stand it essentially at different events that are happening, right? You could be a vendor outside a UW Badger football game where I'm at, right. And sell things. So, um, or you could do, um, volunteer work in a, in a, um, old folks home or, or like underprivileged house, right? So there's a lot of different places that you can elevate to get there. So in terms of creating revenue, I would think creatively versus binary, right? And whatever your industry is that you're looking to go to and be like, how do I, instead of build a $10 million company, how do I create $500 in revenue? How do I create $1,000 in revenue? And again, go to the who, because there's tons of people who've already done it, right? And just be like, another thing that I, I recommend people do, and this is a little radical, but you've probably heard Gary Vee talk about this, go work for somebody who's wealthy for free. Like I'm, I'm sure there's some people listening to this podcast now that would benefit working for you for free, Ruben, just to get in your orbit, right? Help you with social media posts or just like something silly. And then now all of a sudden, if they're good, if you're good, that person's going to want you around. They might want to pay you or you'll have learned a lot and you'll create connection and you'll elevate your thinking in a whole nother stratosphere. I mean, when I started hanging out with DECA millionaires versus like, just people who make six figures. It's like the stratosphere difference is crazy, right? It's crazy. Yeah. 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 I actually, I actually, uh, charge, uh, for, for someone to work for me. Yeah. Exactly. I, I have a whole package. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Um, right. <laughs> no, I kid. So I was, I was going to, you know, present this, this idea of being an apprentice. Yeah. And what, what I love oh. about this, here, here's what's so interesting about this for me is that the the era of the Instagram bio, the profile, okay? Oh. What what do people want to say in that bio? They want to say founder, yep. they want to say creator. Yeah. They want to say yep. owner, visionary, right? Yep. Entrepreneur, 
I mean, it used to be uh, other things. It used to be, I don't know, more in the arts or more that yeah. now it's that it's the, it's the, I own my Dis own life. Disru disruptor. <laughs> disruptor, right? Everyone's disrupting everything. I'm like, man, how are you going to build anything? Right. And what's really interesting about this when I see that is that the intention with, with, with which they're putting that energy out is, is probably not, not always. I don't want to say, I don't want to, I don't want to speak in absolutes, but it might be coming from a place of ego. It might be coming from a place of, I want to be a founder just to be a founder. Yep. You know, because totally. I get to say that. I get to put it on a, on a business card. I get to write on my business card, I am the founder. You know, right. Mark Zuckerberg had an obnoxious title at one point in his, in his life on his business card. And mm -hmm. it, was, it comes from a, a place of ego. And what's really interesting is that people on their path to be an entrepreneur get stuck in that ego and they can't take the advice that you just gave to them, which is to not go try to be the boss. It's to do yes. the exact opposite. It's yes. to work for free. It's to be that apprentice because that's where you get the learnings. And if, yes. especially if you're going to do a, a industry jump, yes. because if you have no experience in the culinary industry, but you think you do because of visions of grandeur and because of watching those Netflix shows, and then you yep. go and actually do it, you might get just popped in the nose. So yeah. love to get your, your notes on that. Oh my gosh. Super huge theme of the book. It's like you want to um, create like a, and really I, I talk about entrepreneurship as a tool to create a magical life, right? Like entrepreneurship isn't like I'm an entrepreneur just to say and like be proud that I'm an entrepreneur. Rah, rah, look at me, right? It's like a vehicle. And so when you understand that now you can, you can take a little different approach and, um, my, my biggest thought process is when someone is already there, they've already done it, quit trying to be a cowboy and just go pony up to them and get them to buy into giving you their help and their time. Um, and so, so many tips that I have on this specifically. But the... Right. And then people will open up to you because if I meet someone and they say, I'm a founder, it's like, okay, great. Right. Like, let's talk on like, we're on the same level. But then when you start talking and they haven't actually built anything or created revenue, all of a sudden they're a poser. So you go from, from credibility to poser. And so you don't want to do that. There's nothing wrong with like putting out there that you're successful, but, but own what you've actually done, own what you're actually good at. Don't front it. Um, because people will uncover you really quickly and that that's not a good thing to be doing and you, you'll, you won't do right by your clients too. So in terms of actually finding the right mentor, number one, switch your attitude to like, I want to learn, right? Don't try to like prop up, uh, Tom Billy has his podcast that I love and he talks a lot about identifying himself as a learner, right? Versus, uh, instead of I am great, I'm smart, I'm successful. It's like, no, I learn. And so when you go in with that mindset now, um, people who are already wealthy will teach you things that will literally blow your mind. And it's, uh, it's an absolute blast if you have that, that attitude. Nice. Where can we learn more about you? Where can we learn about your book coming up, your website? Uh, yeah. So we're on, we just put the website together. We didn't do any social media Rube until about two years ago. So we built businesses like outside of the social media game. Then we just started to get into it. Um, so you can go to tandemconsulting.co. Uh, that's our website. My wife and I, again, we own everything 50, 50, uh, the book coming out is, so you want to start a side hustle. It's up for presale right now uh, on Amazon and any, uh, reviews that are positive would greatly appreciate it once it comes out, but, um, we're going to have some fun. We've got, um, some big things. We've got a PR firm and, and a lot of, uh, great things uh, in the pipeline in terms of 
getting this content out there. And the reason we wrote the book is because there's nobody like talking about some of this content, how to have a job and build something significant outside of it. Um, and since we've actually done it and we've helped people do it, we thought, Hey, why not, why not put it in writing? And so that's been, that's been really the theme and it's been a fun journey. We've got our butt wax writing. I'll tell you that speaking of apprenticeship, I mean, one of the first things I didn't do was go to a successful writer and say, help me write a book, right? Or what did I do? What are the major pitfalls? We did it about halfway through and it's like, man, why didn't I take my own advice that I'm giving in my own book? Right? So it's really easy to get caught up in that trap of wanting it to do yourself, but definitely, um, seek out that, that expert can make a huge impact. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Craig, for your time. I encourage folks to check out the, the, your book. Um, it's going to be released on June 8th, which is mm -hmm. exciting just around the corner here. So congratulations. And I look forward to continuing the conversation. Thanks again, Craig. Absolutely. Great, great, great ribbon. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, stick around for some notes. Thanks.